Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of The Loftus Party. It is uh, recorded, and then we put it on the internet. That's how it works. Crazy, right? How's it going over there, uh, Liberty Gypsy? It's going great, and we're back to Sunday afternoon. It feels normal again. It feels, it's so normal, it's a little weird. Exactly. I'm back into, I fell right back into my old patterns of watching the Sunday shows and watching uh, that Joy Reed, which is really just, it, it, I've said it before, it's, it's borderline criminal. It's borderline criminal what they're doing on there. Anyway, tons of stuff going on. I don't even know where to start. I well, don't even know where to start. Do you have do you have an issue that's burning? Uh, just something funny from the Sunday shows today. I like that. Let's start with something funny. I, I believe it was Jake Tapper on State of the Union that decided to question Al Franken, the former SNL comedian, about whether it was okay for Kid Rock, a musician, to run. That was just too much irony for me to handle. Yeah, that, that what, what was uh, what was Franken saying about Kid Rock? Um, you know, I mean, he wasn't too bad about it. It was just, you know, anybody can run. Anybody can run. We have a, you know, participatory citizen government. You can't stop anybody. And I mean, the thing about it is if you read his history, Kid Rock, his name is actually Bobby, um, something. Shoot. I can't. Bobby something. Can't remember Bobby's last name now. Begins with an R. Um, but you know, if you look at what he's done in and around Detroit and kind of how he's built his fan base, um, people say, well, he's not political. Well, how he's built his fan base is basically dabbling in every style of music you can possibly dabble in. And he has fans all over the spectrum. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think in terms, he's plain spoken, you know, he'll probably stop the F-bombs, but he's done so much civically in the city of Detroit and in and around Michigan that he has a lot of goodwill. And I mean, there's some political pundits out there saying, don't discount this guy. If you're writing this off as a joke and he actually decides to do it, you may well be surprised. Well, let's see what happens. I'm not going to get uh, emotionally invested in the Kid Rock story until something else happens. Until he files I'm a little... his FEC paperwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like you know Trump for the first so many. He's like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Then you go, you know what? This wasn't my year. I'm gonna do something else. Uh, I'm needed elsewhere. Blah blah blah. So I'm gonna hold off on uh, weighing in on the uh, the Kid Rock for Senate. The the oh, how about well, this is Detroit because this is where uh, <laughs> I believe this joint is from. The Democrats have a new slogan. What? The Democrats, a better deal, better skills, better jobs, better wages. See, I think it was the segue is because Papa John's is from uh, Detroit. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. Better skills, better jobs, better wages, better pizza. It's okay. the worst. It is – this is – like it, it's popular to say it on Twitter a lot and like this is how you got Trump. It's just such a – halfway poorly crafted corporate focus group blah 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 it talk about missing the mark it's the worst slogan ever that's as bad as i'm with her uh, well i it's up there it's up there well, it's because close tie. i saw somebody comment on i'm with her not too long ago and said that was the least voter centric slogan in the campaign and and they're right I'm with her 
is not about anything to do with the voting population. If you take that Democrat slogan, it's like, only we can do this for you. Like, you need us. Better skills, better jobs, better wages. It's just a lie. It's a lie. What policy during the Obama years led to more jobs, more good paying jobs? None. Zero. Entire industries. Nada. Well, this will be the this will be the new Democratic Party, the new Dems with a better deal, better skills, better jobs, better (laughs) wages, better skills. I mean, they are so dead set against charter schools, freedom and education. There's just nothing that they stand for does any of those things. I saw a a video <laughs> on Facebook. I saw a video on Facebook, and this is like uh, this was the the week of epiphanies for me. The week of figuring things out. You know, it doesn't really stick until you figure it out. Uh, and there was some dude, and I don't know, it wasn't Infowars or anything like that. I, I can't remember. Anyway, he was going around to college campuses, uh, and he was explaining uh, Betsy DeVos's or DeVos's policies without mentioning her by name. And he was asking college kids, do you agree that if a, if a school is uh, underperforming and not doing well and the kid's not getting a good education, the parents should be allowed to uh, send the kids to another school? And these college students are like, absolutely, da-da-da-da. And then he, he would just, without mentioning Betsy by name, he would talk about her policies. And these college students are like, absolutely, I support that. Absolutely, I support that. Absolutely. Right. And they, he goes, okay, well uh, – the new secretary of education is for those things too. And they were just stupefied. They were just stupefied. And that's where it hit me. And I don't know if anyone else is on the lookout for this. Probably Cheryl Atkinson is. Mm-hmm. She gets it. And this is exactly what the left is doing. And and I they are working if they're not working in concert with the the, the media they're just letting the media do their thing because it's going to work out for them. They are just making the name Donald Trump. They, they, they only talk about it in, an, in a negative way, negative way, and so they're just going to bake it in. They're going to mm-hmm. bake in a negative reaction to the name Trump. It's going to be synonymous with dark, negative, racist, fear, mm-hmm. Hitler, and so when you describe – uh, Trump's policies, or you describe the policies of the people that he's put in in uh, in positions of power. People love the policies, but like, oh no, that's that's a Donald Trump thing. It must be bad, and that they are going to keep that. That's what their whole game plan is. Well, they that, can have their crappy slogan. They're just going to bake in a negative reaction. That video you just mentioned makes me so happy because we talked about last week the views on the travel ban. When you don't say these are the elements of Donald Trump's travel ban, you just ask them about the policies, 62% of Americans agree. You detach the personality from DeVos's policies. It does mean we actually have better ideas and people get it. Somehow we have to break through that demonization and noise, and that, I think, is the real challenge. So – that's exactly where I landed too. Mm-hmm. So do you just – and then if I thought about it just like jokingly in my own head. So if you just like, OK, so if I send out 10 tweets today, two of them are going to be, you know, Donald Trump's awesome just to try to put something like positive in there. But then they're – OK, you're, you're just a mindless Trump bot. 
I don't know how to. No, I. The think... only way to win is to continue to mock and tear down uh, what what they stand for. Well, that's one way, but and I think also we had a a Loftus party here at Freedom Fest this week, right? Um, out yes. in Vegas. And What's one Freedom of the, Fest? What's Freedom Fest? Freedom Fest is sponsored by Reason Magazine, which tends to be a libertarian policy sort of sort of magazine. They do do some very good stuff, especially around you higher said, education. Do 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 do. Anyway, <laughs> God, they they do some great stuff. Um, and they've held this festival out in Vegas every year and you see people like John Stossel and Kennedy and, and Matt Welch and, and, you know, some of the more popular faces in that particular movement. But one of the things the libertarian movement is giving Donald Trump and his administration tons of kudos for, and they spent a lot of time talking about it, Freedom Fest and Bear spent a lot of time tweeting about it, is the deregulation. Um, you also have Donald Trump in the forefront with the Charlie Guard pro-life issue. I think you can tweet out good things that Donald Trump is doing 10 times a day because there are a fair number of them. Not everything, mind you, is wonderful, but there are a good number of things that he's doing that help the economy, that that are pro-life, that are are things that people can gravitate toward and understand. And I think, you know, for people that like your, yourself and myself who want to break through that ugly meme that's put out, you know, as far as the mainstream media, that everything's dark, democracy dies in darkness and all this other nonsense. I think pulling those good things, but like you did in this, this week's video, you don't like what Sessions did on civil asset forfeiture. So I think you become more credible when you're able to say, this all is great, but this thing over here, nah, we don't really want to do that. And that's really all that was. Mm -hmm. That's really – I'm not even kidding. I was checking off a box. When I did that video, I knew I had a gut feeling of what the reaction to that would be. And I – and like – and this is what I love about being on the right – and being conservative or being a libertarian, whatever the frickin' box I land in, <laughs> uh, it's like we're not afraid to, to criticize when somebody goes over the line. Okay, we got to call BS on that. Right. Uh, I knew I knew there wasn't going to be a great reaction to it, and and I kind of felt like it was just checking off a box. Like, yeah, I, I got to call out uh, BS on this one. However, did you see what Stossel was talking about at that libertarian conference? Um, I might have missed those. Oh, he's just like he. It was kind of sad. He's like, I spent my career, uh, you know, calling out this and calling out that, and like he's kind of just uh, in. It, I'm paraphrasing that he kind of felt like he wasted it, like he wasted a huge opportunity. And he's like, the future, uh, the future is is video, and pretty much it went right in line with that other article that we had up on Facebook where you've got to support uh, your side. You got to subscribe to your side. Like the way the, the future is, the future is all video and messaging through video. And uh, it made me feel bad for Stossel because I always enjoyed his program, but it always was very, what are they doing? Why would they do that? It was just so just blah, blah. Negative, and and that's what I think that, that the Loftus party does. We we add a uh, there is an entertainment factor to it that's just going to get uh, better and better and better. Well, and and you know I don't think I think John Stossel has certainly done some incredible work, but as a as a staunch libertarian, that's kind of almost the opposite of populism. 
And I think that's where he sees the direction largely going um, from other comments I've seen him made. But, you know, again, I think nobody's looking at the whole picture ever. They're only looking at the little slice that reinforces their particular bias or their particular point of view. And also read another really interesting article this week that, you know, post-World War II, we had a lot of consensus around government and that actually the political environment today is much more like it was pre-World War II and was for most of our history. So this is actually normal for America, just most of us never experienced it. But like to our grandparents, it would actually look like something they'd seen before, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it, uh, I, I don't know how it's like what in the level of vitriol that it's like in, in pre-World War II. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of, according to this article, there was a lot of bad feelings between the elites and the, the, that don't have so much. And obviously the income disparities prior to World War II were also much bigger. Um, and so there was a lot of bad feelings, you know, between different factions of people that wanted to see the United States go in a certain direction or another. And then, of course, after World War II, we had a pretty sustained economic boom for a long time. Um, okay. And people became more me, comfortable. It just took me a while to, to wrap uh, my head around it. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about like the the Great Depression and stuff mm-hmm. and, and FDR and the New Deal and how government was going to solve all our problems yep. and the birth of Social Security and all that wonderfulness. Well, uh, social security, <laughs> that's, I, I, evidently, uh, you, you can't stop talking about how socialism fails. You just, you just can't stop talking about right? it. Cause no, you can't. that's, it never succeeds. It just mm-hmm. never succeeds. It never succeeds. Um, and, uh, <laughs> it, it's funny to watch like Bernie Sanders say he's not going to give up, that he's still going to go for it. In in 2020 and what he said that for real? Well, he's I guess he's implying it. Oh. I mean, I haven't I haven't said see see him say that like don't consider me. I don't know who I don't know who they're going to run. They've got nothing. They've got nothing. They've got no one. The, the Democrats are operating. They they they're they're literally losing money. Mm-hmm. They have it's it's a great time to be alive uh, <laughs> because. Seriously, they have it's just straight up socialism. That's the next uh, that's the next step, which well, brings us to healthcare cuz that's uh, single payer uh it's Well, it was actually funny that you said that because Byron York had a great question today and I asked my friend uh from Israel what he thought. He said, "So, Trump has terrible approval ratings, so does the GOP." But Republicans are raising a lot of money. Dems can't raise a dime. What's really going on here? And I think it goes back to what you said. People won't tell these pollsters what they actually think. No. And not only people, – people won't say that, yes, I voted for Trump and yes, blah, 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 and that the whole uh, – they associate his name with negative emotions is is working. It'll, it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I hate Trump. I'm, I'm a good human being. I, I don't like him. I don't like him because I'm a good human being uh, when it's really just straight-up manipulation. And, and the policies, I mean, good lord. It, oh, it's just – it's it gets so boring. It just gets so boring. Like what is wrong with protecting 
Western civilization. I don't see Nothing. it. And I, I don't see where – I don't see the stormtroopers at the gates. I don't see uh, you know gay people being rounded up and thrown into re-education camps. I just don't see any of this fear-mongering that's going on. And A.M. Joy, Joy Reid, MSNBC, it is 24-hour a day. Let's take a hypothetical. We're going to we're going to take something the president has tweeted or something that we kind of heard or we're going to quote an anonymous source, come up with a hypothetical question, then speculate on the doomsday scenario outlined in our hypothetical and it, then it's the end of democracy. And if this were to happen, I'm not saying it would happen, but if they decide to do X, Y or Z, it's the end of democracy. It's a constitutional crisis. It is the end of all and it's such a it's like a snake eating its own tail it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of fear and doom and i i really i think suicides have to be way up they've got to be way up i i depression i mean a whole bunch of things if if you really watch that all the time and think your world is spinning that far out of control what does it do to your you know your daily thoughts i don't know but i mean great great example running or running around the social media this morning was uh can trump pardon himself my question is for what nobody has told me that he has committed a crime or could be indicted or nobody has told me that president trump himself has done a thing why are we talking about him pardoning himself well, because evidently an, an anonymous source said that Donald Trump was asking his lawyers like what the what's uh, what his uh, powers are. And that's to me. And everybody's like, oh, boy, here we go. He's a Nazi. He's Hitler. And to me, it's like this wonderfully to me. It's so wonderfully naive mm-hmm. that you've got this guy who's like, hey, literally, if it happened, if it happened, it's literally him going uh, am I allowed to do that? <laughs> Seriously, it's a guy that just doesn't understand the process in the most wonderful way. I, I mean, I just, um, why are we talking about this? And then, you know, I put the big thing out because, oh my God, he's going to fire Mueller. He's going to fire Mueller. I'm like, here's the thing, guys. I just don't care if he does. Like this Russia, you, you saw that chart about the media right? What people care about versus what the media cares about. Like 2% of people care about this Russia thing. And like 97% of the media cares about it. Like nobody cares. Yes, it it is. uh, And then, then if you're a member of the media, you say, this is the kind of ignorance we have to deal with. I mean, it's just like, they, they have like a very, um, Harvard, uh, New York elitist attitude. How sad! How sad that the well, one true threat to our democracy, Russia, and and the the majority of of Americans are so uh, brainwashed they don't even care about it. This is a this is a sad state on our democracy. Democracy's on the brink, and that's that's just it's so easy to, for them to put a spin on it, uh, and it's so horribly predictable. Well, then uh, you, however, then you have Chris Murphy from Connecticut, you know, one of our our big, big Dems in Congress going, you know, I'm on the train and I hear people talking about jobs and education and, and this and nobody's talking about Russia and Comey and the environment. Really? 
So you just told your voters they're stupid. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. Well done, Chris. I, I don't know what we have to do to get them to understand the priorities people want to hear about and that we actually want to get some legislation and other things done. Here is here is just the the the, the bottom line for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a socialist. I don't want to live in that society. Mm-mm. I I don't I do not see a time in the near future where I, where I will vote for a democrat. That's 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 all it is. It's it's it used to be it's a slippery slope, it's a slippery slope and they said this way back in the day pre-World War II when they were talking about social security there's a bunch of people who goes this isn't a bad idea this is a lot like socialism everybody puts their their uh, money into a big pot and then everybody gets a oh no it's not it's not communism it's not socialism but and they've been saying this for years and years and years so it kind of is a tired message however with now with with the healthcare debate and with the Democrats, just total lack of a message and talk about, oh, we got to make this fair. We got to make this fair. Everybody kicks in for health care. That, that's, that's socialism. That's straight oh, up yeah. socialism. Straight up. And I, I don't want to live in that, uh, that society. They, 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 they eat their own. They're really short-sighted individuals. No one thrives. Did you, oh, my gosh. Uh, what's this guy? That total douche uh, that hosts Cosmos, uh, the the scientist, the black dude. Oh, uh, Neil deGrasse Neil deGrasse Neil, Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson had this thing. It was like retweeted a kajillion times. Why private enterprise will never take us into space? And you're like, what? Look around, dude. <laughs> Look around. Those are the only ones taking us into space now. That's it. Are you tweeting like, from an did, iPhone? Right? And <laughs> I'm just where, what? Where did we come up with powered flight? That was my response. The the government didn't do that. No. The Wright brothers, two little entrepreneurs in Dayton, uh, Ohio did that. Like it talk about uh, alternative facts. Well, and the vast majority of medical breakthroughs don't happen in the National Institute of Health or the the CDC. They happen in in private companies and Research and, hospitals. And, and when you see people retweeting that and when you see institutions retweeting that and when you see newspapers picking up that story, you're like, wow, they're they're literally making a case for uh, only the government can solve our problems. And once they start saying only the government can solve our problems, I can't think of a problem that the government ever solved beyond building a road. And even that is kind of half-assed. And mm-hmm. – Winning wars. That's it. That's well, it. Private contractors build roads. The government just pays them. <laughs> we could we could do that totally differently, and that's what everybody. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. you don't want to pay taxes? What about my roads? Um, I'm sure <laughs> some enterprising contractor could could make that work. Um, but you know, other than taking us to space the first time, which they did do. They did do that. We give them props yes. for that. Um, I, they've screwed up healthcare. They've screwed up education. I mean, our educational system has gone over the cliff and down. Now they're talking about taking algebra out of community colleges because kids don't understand it. What? That 
and that was that was like a legitimate question from yes. like the New York Times. I know people can't what that people people can't uh, they can't seem to pass college level algebra. Should we stop teaching it? No, <laughs> no, you shouldn't. God, that's yeah. why people can't look at statistics and studies and figure out whether they're right or not. Well, the only solution is to increase the amount we're spending because obviously we're not spending enough money. It's straight up the government wastes your money. I don't know how I don't know how else to say it, uh, America and all the ships at sea. The government wastes your money. It is our money. The government doesn't make money all on its own. They steal it from you and then they waste it. Well, and I mean they've ruined K through 12 education. Worrying about everybody's feels and everybody needs to be a winner and everybody needs to feel good. No, it didn't feel good to me when I was in elementary school and somebody else got the highest, you know, I mean, when I was in school, you got the percentage of your grade. So if you got 98% of the points, you got a 98. And competition was real. And if somebody else had a 99, they won the English award that year. Did that feel good working that hard and not getting an award? Of course it didn't. But it taught you if you want the award, you have to be the best. And we don't have kids interested in being the best anymore. No, because it's all about uh, – I don't just, – just, just don't let them hurt the feelings. It's all about hurt feelings. And that's – I tell you, it's a, it's a generational problem and it will probably go two more generations. I really, I really think so uh, unless someone – snaps to and and wakes up. So I I've uh come to my conclusions on healthcare and what should be done. Go. Uh it's a straight up straight up repeal. Just rip the band-aid off. You have to make it and this this might be what they're doing. This literally might be, we tried we tried we tried. We can't come to a consensus. We're just going to have to um, give up and repeal it and and move on. And note to the two senators that voted for straight repeal last time and are now scared, you better you better find a spine. That's all I'm saying. What Su- do you mean? Susan Collins voted no for a straight out repeal. What was it in 2015? But there's two other senators that um, – voted for a straight-up repeal and sent it to Obama. Now they're, like, getting scared and saying they won't vote for it. Well, That's not okay. This is, you did it before. <laughs> and this is the ultimate no one likes a hypocrite. No exactly. one likes ever, ever, ever. And that's like, oh, yeah, so I called out uh, the Department of Justice in the latest uh, video, and it wasn't a rah-rah feel-good piece. However, ching-chang, there you go. I did it. For all of these people who are like, Obamacare is a disaster, the free markets will save us. Obamacare is a disaster, the free markets will save us. And you could say that crap when you knew Obama was going to veto it. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden, they can't find their nuggets. You got to find your cojones. Either you believe in the free markets or you don't. And I'll tell you, there's only four or five of them in the Senate. Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, Ben Sass that have held to their guns and said, no, no, this this is terrible. We're creating new tax credits. We're doing this. We're keeping all these mandates in. No. And all they offered was an amendment that said, 
Obamacare plans have to be offered, but those insurance companies that offer those types of plans can also offer non-compliant ones that people can purchase without a penalty, and everybody lost their freaking mind. And to all the people listening Mm -hmm. who maybe – well, you've probably turned it off now if you're a Democrat because you realize what this is. (laughs) But for all the – for all the people, it, it brings me back to something that you said um, right after Trump was elected. Mm-hmm. If you are terrified by the thought of Donald Trump in the presidency, then you think the president has too much power and you want a smaller government. Right. For all the people who are terrified of the Republicans in the House and the Senate taking away your health care, that's how it's always going to be, you guys. If the government gives you something, they can take it away. So that fear that you have right now of, oh, my goodness, they're going to take away my health care, that's the fear I had when Obama started this mess. Well, and not only that, the ACA and the ACHA or whatever the Republican, it's not health care, it's insurance. Okay, if you can't use the insurance, which is the case for a lot of people on Obamacare who are not subsidized, in other words, what they pay every month and what they have to pay before the insurance even kicks in is too much money. They can't afford to get good care as a result. So if you want insurance you can't use as some kind of like safety net or makes you feel better somehow, then then I'm sorry for you. But I will say this. You know, I give Sean Hannity a lot of gas sometimes, but he had the right guys on TV last week when the bill failed. They are they are in 600 cities, and they are a bunch of doctors that no longer take insurance. They're on what's called a concierge program. You pay them X number of dollars per year, and every time you see them, it's ten bucks. Well, that's or something uh, my, like that. my my doctor in Los my doctor in Los Angeles uh, went concierge. Mm-hmm. And it is, I will take all the money I can from your insurance, you know, mm-hmm. your your insurance, I'll take that. Plus, uh, it's like a 250 bucks uh, a month uh, fee to maintain his services. However, he'll come to the house like a doctor in Little House on the Prairie, you know, Paul's sick, go fetch him. He would well, definitely do that however i just don't have that kind of dough to have a concierge doctor well this is a this is a completely different model and i'll try to get the clip to put it out there it's it's doctors that have cut insurance out of the mix completely they don't take insurance you pay them x number of dollars per year to utilize their services and then when you come you pay a small amount for that time. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, well, hopefully, hopefully that's a model that can work. And hopefully there's those people that remember that those, those dudes that we were hanging out with at, um, CPAC? Oh, what's the big at CPAC where you, they, they team you up with uh, 299 other strangers yep. who seem to be responsible. So now you have a group of 300 and you're buying insurance on your own, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. Just as much as we have to give credit to where the only reason we went to the moon is because we didn't want the Russians to get it. Right. That's all that was. It's we we found out in World War Two, whoever can fly the highest and the fastest is probably going to win the war. And so the Russians were in outer space. It was a space race. I covered it all on my History Channel show uh, so that we went to the moon. Yeah, that's, that's great. Now, NASA, they do things and I, I have a point here and it's a good one. 
then they then they had like the the two thousand dollar hammer, and then they had the twenty thousand dollar toilet seat. They just waste money because the right. money's there for them to waste. So that's what they do with something simple, uh, uh, you know, a two a twenty thousand dollar toilet seat when they have that kind of money, and that's a very very simple thing to figure out. Mm-hmm. A toilet seat. Now, when you take something as complex as healthcare and so many little moving parts and so intricate, and don't do this or upset that, and if you tip this, it is. Everything's balanced on the on the edge of a razor blade. You just got to let the free markets get government out of it. Get yep. government out of it. Get government. There's too many little uh, minute things. My uncle, God rest his soul, fantastic physician. He was the head of anesthesiology at a very big, important hospital. He told me when I was a little kid, I remember asking him, why is the doctor so expensive? Half of his fee went for his insurance, his yep. mal- malpractice insurance. So then, okay, so then you have to talk about uh, tort reform, which is a fancy mm-hmm. way of saying who's allowed to sue and when. Yep. And I don't, I, I don't, if, listen, if somebody jacks up my body, if I go in for surgery and they accidentally cut off the wrong arm, I want to be able to sue. So I- tort reform is, a, that's a whole, whole sticky wicket unto itself. Yeah, there's there's too many moving parts. Get the government out. Get the government out. Get the government out. If you're poor, I'm sorry. Your health care is probably going to be crap. There's a there's a very good incentive to being successful in this country. Well, and, and, and here's another thing that's just something you can do just for the heck of it. I have dental insurance. I have eye, eye care insurance. I have medical insurance, right? I, I have all the major stuff covered with some kind of insurance. If you ever want to just do something fun, go to a completely different dentist and ask him what the cash price is. Go get your MRI and ask him what the cash price is without insurance. My bet is it's less than what you would pay if you're paying full price on your negotiated rate to cover your deductible. My bet is they don't even know. My, my bet is they don't they don't have like a a price chart. They 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 literally go, "What insurance do you have?" And you go, "Uh, my insurance is Blue Couch." Okay, uh, Blue Couch says it's a hundred thousand dollars. So ours is more actually a hundred thousand dollars. It's it's all a scam. Well, <clears throat> my uh, I actually did that with eyeglasses one year and ended up paying less. So I know the eyeglass place do it. I'd be interested oh, for I, some of the ancillary providers like dentists and, and labs and, and testing yeah. places. I, I, I think eyeglasses are a far cry from uh, medical procedures and whatever. The, I, I, I would love to. I would love to be able to go into hospital uh, and say, can I see the menu? Yeah. <laughs> but I think you go, should be able there to. There you go. You should. You mm-hmm. should. And here's the other thing I'd love to call the Republicans out for this giant hunk of BS. Whatever happened to this across state lines? Remember when, yep. oh, you can buy insurance across state lines, buy insurance across – that they, they, they got real quiet on that real quick. Yes, I thought they that did. was the solution. I thought that was the solution to all this madness. Now you don't hear a peep about that. Well, it's definitely one of the solutions along with taking all the mandates away. Here's the thing. Y- you know – you know all the crappy Obama stuff hasn't even been implemented yet, right? You, you know the Cadillac tax is still coming. That's the other hilarious thing about it. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff is like it doesn't really – Obama was smart. He made sure none of this horrible stuff kicked in till after he was gone to protect his legacy. It's just one step towards socialism. 
capitalism. That's all it is. The only way healthcare works, the only way healthcare works is if people buy it when they don't need it. Mm-hmm. If this, the government puts a gun to your head and says, buy healthcare or else. And if not everybody's kicking in, it's not going to work. And if you look at something like Social Security, when everybody does kick in, it doesn't work. <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's, here's, here's some stand-up. Here's me talking about uh, health care and Social Security at Governor's Comedy Club. I can't believe the government's even talking about anything. Medicare, Medicaid, we're in debt. You realize we're in debt, right? Like $21 trillion. That is a shit ton of zeros. I can't believe we're talking about buying anything as a nation. Like if you spend a dollar every second, and you didn't stop in two and a half months, you will have spent like two million dollars. If you keep spending like that, in about two and a half years, you spent a billion dollars. Okay? You keep spending like that, ten thousand years later, that's a trillion. We don't have the money. I can't believe China keeps loaning us. Yeah, go ahead. They got another loan. We thought you were going to Someday, Chinese visa will call the White House like, Hello, is uh, Ivanka home? Is someone there? Because Donald said the check was in the mail. We have not received Congratulations on the wall. You can see us from space. You got the idea from us, didn't you? Save your money. Save your money. You're going to need it. Social Security. Social Security. I tell you what, you want to watch everybody's like, this nation's ready to go. This nation's ready to pop like a blister on the foot of a marathon runner. Donald Trump's driving people crazy. You want to drive all America? You just tell us uh, there's no more money in Social Security. That's when you will see an armed revolt. And I'll be at the front of the episode. Oh, oh, oh. They're like, Chris, when they were running for president, Chris Christie over in Jersey, like, Social Security's gone. That's a joke. I'm like, you better go check your fucking math, buddy. <laughs> I got receipts, motherfucker. <laughs> Working my ass off since I was 15. Like, Social Security takes half your check. And they're like, yeah, we, we spent it. We don't know where the fuck that is. Oh shit, you better find your wallet. That's why I don't like big government programs. Social Security, like, tell you what, you give us half your check, we're just gonna hold on to that. You guys aren't gonna spend it on anything else. Oh hell no! No, we're gonna watch this money. We're not we are just spending it right now. I saw you. You can hear them. Like yeah. people are, they're fired up. They they know it. They know it. They know it. You on on a, on a very instinctual less, uh, level, people know they give big government a, a ton of money, and they're they're not getting value for their dollar. And like with Social Security, they're saying it might not even be there. Oh, it won't be, Michael. I know you hate it when I say that. <laughs> Well, just like I was saying on stage, I there will if you want to see people get really pissed off, you think uh you think girls in pussy hats is something to worry about. You start taking away social security. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you'll have then you'll have the real angry people. It what it'll be is you'll just be aged out is what I think. So, 
Like when my grandparents were working, their retirement age was like 62 and then it went up to 65 and now I think it's like 67 and we're pushing towards 70. So then it'll be 72 and then it'll be 75 because the shtick will be people are healthier. They want to work longer. Da, 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 da. So I think they're just going to age us out of it. Like you can't get social security until you're like 85. So there's going to be very few people that actually ever it was, collected. It was the the whole system was designed to have you die before you collected. Oh, absolutely. I didn't. I didn't set the rules. I didn't set the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt did. The only guy who wouldn't give up power. Uh, <laughs> they talk about they talk about how Trump's the scary one. How terrifying was that in World War II when mm-hmm. Franklin Roosevelt's like, "I'm not leaving." What? No, we're going to pass a special. Oh my gosh. Um, I they just take want your another, money. You get a you get a horrible. You we, you get nothing back in return. I what want, do you just want? I want Calvin Coolidge back. He is the Calvin most underrated Coolidge. president. Yeah, my grandmother. Like, my grandmother had a Calvin uh, Coolidge joke. I'm not even kidding. My mother's she? mother. Yes, she did. There was a very popular joke back in the days of Calvin Coolidge. After Calvin Coolidge died, the joke was, "Hey, Calvin Coolidge is dead. How can you tell?" Well, but wouldn't you kind of like a federal government like that? I I don't even I can't I can't tell you other than Calvin Coolidge, other than he was a very uh, dour dude. He was uh, a big deregulator that believed that the government should be small enough that you can't feel it. Was he the World War One president? Uh, that, uh, he came after Wilson. Wilson I think- was most of World War One. I, I think. Wilson got a sign uh, World War One, I, I think. I tell you what, talk about propaganda. Mm-hmm. Talk about propaganda. When uh they were they were finding uh people of German descent and just just killing them. And the New York Times was celebrating it. Woodrow Wilson propaganda, World War One. That was terrifying. Uh Woodrow Wilson was uh w- whatever. He was one of the uh, big, okay, you know, big old and. progressives and one of those Fabians. Ugh. Uh, he was. I once paid a traffic ticket in Beverly Hills, and it was at like the Woodrow Wilson Memorial Police Station. And uh, Woodrow Wilson was one of those guys that uh, Democratic House, Democratic Senate. It was the first time, I believe, that where there was no real balance of power, that some dude was just like cut loose and could do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, scary times, scary times yep. for our nation. There's been scarier times. Don't let MSNBC scare you. Well, I think uh, I think we're beyond that. We've just got to encourage people to go find out what's actually going on. Well, that is that is the great mystery. That is the great. Uh, there's here's how you do it. You start a podcast like the mm-hmm. Loftus Party. Yeah. Uh, you get yourself a YouTube channel like the Loftus Party. You get yourself a little syndicated TV show that just kind of like uh, chugs along mm-hmm. on a nickel and a prayer. And you desperately – well, for now, we're, we're flying under the radar uh, of everybody. Thanks thanks to everybody who listening, uh, who watched the show. You to America. Check your local listings. Uh, we're out there. There's doing it. There's lots to mock and there's lots to ridicule. However – Then you're going to Politicon and getting some press there. Uh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's like we've done this show. We've done this show completely backwards. We started with all the crappy, dry, uh, horrible, and now we're getting to the thing that I, 
<laughs> I actually wanted to open up the show with. I'm sorry. Politicon. Sh- oh no, it's uh, it's on me too. It's on me. Uh, we need we need a producer, uh, Gypsy. We need we need we need a we need a production uh, help. Uh, Politicon is happening. This will be the third time we're back there. I want to run into uh, people. Um, hopefully, I'll see uh, Ann Coulter, and I can't wait to talk to her about uh, many, many things. I want to run into Dana Lash. Uh, I want to run into Guy Benson again. Uh, there's so many, so many people that I want to talk to. I'm going to be getting a ton of interviews. Uh, we're going to be doing a podcast uh, from there. It's going to be a ton of fun. However, it, it is the media bias. There's a guy that I know that uh, uh, I, I won't name him yet. I, I'm, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm hoping to get him uh, involved in uh, the website, the Loftus Party, and the YouTube channel and all that stuff. It is amazing. to I, I did this guy's podcast two and a half, maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was on the verge of uh, waking up of getting woke and now it's hilarious it's not hilarious it's it's really cool to watch he's a funny guy he's a stand-up he's very successful and the dude woke up and it's so funny he did this video the other day (laughs) i was watching he's like have you ever noticed that the heads of all of these companies are liberals (laughs) and i'm like watching it going oh please do tell (laughs) And they know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they do not want to help out uh, the right at all. No, they do not, not at all. And if you criticize them, it is hate speech and it will not be on their network. And you can just go down the list of all of them. And there's there's just no way. There's just no way. I, I well, do like- not think I do not think that they will allow criticism of their belief system to exist on a cable station. I just don't think it'll happen. You have to disguise it. You have to disguise it. Well, and it was actually pretty funny because that article you posted, um, I forget the gentleman's name who actually did the speech. It was from, I think, in Prism or something like that. It was a a commencement speech or a speech to a group of journalism students who quoted it before. um, Subscribe to the side you're on. Um, what oh, he yeah. said was it, it, the, the New York Times reporter. Yeah, what how, he, how the media killed themselves, committed well, suicide. Well, yeah, but he said when the media started to go so far left, right? That's when Roger Ailes said, "Well, I think there's an audience for maybe something that's a little towards the middle, because that's what Fox started out as, towards the middle." And you know, lo and behold, it was like half the country. <laughs> you know, the thing, <laughs> the the wonderful thing, the the great. My takeaway from that is when this guy, the, the guy who wrote this piece, how the com- how the media committed suicide uh, in twenty seventeen quarter, about the guy who used to run the New York Times, Abe something. Abe I think, Rosenthal. I, I think yeah. that's who Jason Robards was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's who J- Jason Robards portrayed in All the President's Men. Mm-hmm. He knew. He just knew probably because of his own belief system, most reporters are going to naturally lean to the the left. Most reporters, just because of who they are and their belief system, and they're they're automatically going to want to skew it in favor of the left. So he would he would always say, 
to take it to the right. If he, if you push it to the right, you'll meet somewhere in the middle. And he was going to keep the paper straight. And no one is doing that in the media now. No, no. one is keeping the media straight. They, it, it is just the mask is off. And if that's the one great thing that we get from the Donald Trump presidency is that the mask is off and we can see the 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 loathing and the the hatred that they have for people who are not like them. It is it's staggering. It's mind boggling. It's all of those things Uh, when when you see normally. You know, like especially with, with comedians and entertainers, when they start, uh, they're the most lovey-dovey freedom of speech. Everybody should get a, a space and blah blah blah. And then you go, you know what? I don't believe in big government. And they go, whoa, hate speech. Shut them down. That's what it is. That's what it is. Well, it's interesting though because if if you use certain words that have a positive connotation to them, right? Liberty, freedom, da 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 da. The vast majority of people who identify as Democrat will tell you they're all for those things. It's like they don't see the disconnect between the policies, like healthcare, um, that puts you in a box, um, and what liberty and freedom actually means. Freedom of choice in the marketplace, the ability to do as I see fit. Um, it's like they're reframing it's, those words themselves, and we can't those, let them do that. Oh, they have. It's too late. It's too late. We have to uh, come up with a, a new way to say that because I, it, me, I have a, a literal – I've seen it so many times in this just rah-rah, mindless, God bless the USA, patriotism, these colors don't run, liberty, freedom, pow-pow, may the wings of liberty never lose. It is uh, – there's a weird uh, – like connotation with that they they have like co-opted that when you start when you bring up like freedom and liberty i think that there's a large portion of the society that just goes okay here we go mm-hmm. and the, and it's that i i i don't like the condes, condes, condescension any of it but we're gonna have to come up with some new uh some new catchphrases I'm done with I'm done with uh, and it's great. It's so funny watching the rest of the media catch up. I remember saying on this show uh, months ago that I was done with nothing burger, and it's so funny to watch all the people. Go, yeah, I'm done. Done with nothing burger and like <laughs> snowflake. Oh, geez, if I could, I don't. You, I I only want to talk about snowflakes now when it's literally snowing. But this whole thing, hey, hey, snowflake. To me, that's that's a giant red flare of okay, you've got nothing else really to say. You can't win an argument on Twitter. Hey, cupcake. Hey, snowflake. I believe in liberty. It's just ugh. I do believe in liberty. That's what. I'm, that's in like. So I'm ready to give him that one. All right. I'll I'll find another word. <laughs> well, I mean, I I guess they can have them have the words if they want them, but we have to somehow keep the concepts, right? I mean, yes, you know. Yes, that is, you are at, you are 100% right. We get to keep that concept, but you can, you can co-opt our, co-opt our words and try to make it sound uh, negative, and I can almost, I can hear the people now. Well, I'll tell you, I don't, <laughs> I'll always be for, we all, we will always be for liberty. <laughs> don't ever, right? like personal liberty, that's what we're all about. But uh, this whole uh, 
you see things on Facebook and on Twitter and you just I cringe. I'm like, oh, oh what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, so we want to try a new way here. We want to try it. We want to try a new way and have fun. And I want to co-opt uh, their stuff. The, yeah. the stuff that they didn't even know. Like, uh, did oh my gosh, did you get a chance uh, to see the Defiant Ones? Not this week. No, I didn't. Okay. You'll get to it. That one is is the perfect example of here you go. You have this thing where I think you think it's about not – being uh, it's not being for trump when actually it is the most pro entrepreneurial pro capitalism uh pro america documentary i think i've ever seen in my life so those are the kind of things i want to shout that from the rooftop that that is uh that's wonderful and should be celebrated well and i think we need to jump on and support things like the movie coming out on the 28th the atomic bond wand because we now have people saying there needs to be a female james bond and all this other like iconic stuff that they want to turn into whatever race gender you know is the popular needed to be represented thing we actually have a great movie that i'm actually emotionally invested in after seeing the premiere twice and it features a female action hero we don't need yeah, to change they, things we need new things yeah and they the, like the, they want the uh like the guys and the girls in the military should start showering together let's try that out oh what? yeah that's that's yes they're gonna they're gonna start this new thing to get people ready to get people ready for transgendered people in the army because lord knows they're lining up uh like, when did the men- military become a social experiment? That's evidently that's what it is. Evidently, it's not about defending our nation. Uh, it's it's about hey, let's figure out how to how to work this little problem out. And that's the agenda. That the, it's it's just so stupid. It's just so stupid, one hundred percent through and through that people will figure it out. And I like what I like where you're going with the whole. You have this the whole social justice, the people on the left, and like, we should have. Why don't we have a female James Bond? I'll tell you why you don't. Because James Bond was a dude. When the guy invented James Bond, he wrote him as a dude. So if you want uh, a female James Bond, you need to write a completely different character. So you need to write a superhero, uh, secret agent book, blah, 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 blah. And then hopefully you'll get a movie like Atomic Blonde and it'll be great. Right. There and, you go. Problem solved. And, and and celebrate the ones that are out there that could become a franchise like that. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I've seen this premiere twice. I think you saw it too um, during because we had chatted about it before on, on YouTube or whatever. I can't wait to go see this movie. <laughs> so Atomic go see- Blonde? Go see the female James Bond they just created for you rather than rewriting a beloved iconic char- character. Let's make new beloved iconic characters, please. Yes. Yes. It's always and this is it's a very it's a very Ayn Rand kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Instead of uh, oh my gosh, uh I think it's I think it's Atlas Shrugged, instead of coming up with their own recipe for wonderful steel. They just complained that they couldn't get like Hank Reardon's recipe. Why can't we have yours? Why won't you share? Why are you so selfish? Blah, blah, blah. And that's exactly what it is. Why won't you let me take your, why won't you let me take your iconic character, James Bond, and do whatever I want with it? Because that's, it's not yours to do. 
You're just not allowed to hijack something like that. It's like, why can't uh, Sherlock Holmes it's like, be a woman? Why, right? Why can't Peter Pan, uh, you know, be a tranny? I don't know because someone owns the rights to that, and they don't want that to happen. Well, and 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 let's just take a look at what happens when you do that kind of stuff. And all I will say is the Ghostbusters with the female cast. That was a horrible, horrible, horrible movie. I tried to watch it. it was I tried horrible. to watch it. It just wasn't a good film. No, it, it wasn't was all a over good the film. Place. And that's and, just how it is. And maybe you Sorry. could have done that film well, but they didn't. Oh, you certainly could have. You certainly could have. However, it was just all over. They they had basic story problems. They had basic story problems. Their characters had their attitudes were going back and forth. And you can throw all the money in the world at a claim it should be successful. And you should st- you can stamp your feet and call people names. However, if it sucks, people won't go see it. Exactly. King Kong, Skull Island. I love King Kong. I watched King Kong Skull Island. State-of-the-art special effects. I want John Goodman, uh, Sam Jackson, a great cast. I'm sorry, it was a turd. It was a turd. (laughs) And I had to struggle through it, and it made me sad. Yep. And those are some great actors, great iconic story, and they still messed it up. Oh, yeah. You had uh, the guy, Tom Hiddleston, the guy who played Thor's brother was in it. And that guy. That's my favorite. Oh, it was. I love me. They were all just cashing checks. It was hilarious. On that level, like Sam, Sam Jackson would say a line of dialogue and you just like his inner monologue was like, I guess that's worth (laughs) $20,000. Tom Hiddleston just like staring off in the distance. Okay, we're done for the day. All right. That's that. That feels like uh, that feels like $50,000. Yeah, I go all crushy on all the wrong people in the Marvel Universe, so. Uh, what do you mean? I love me some Loki. I have a weird Coulson crush. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, I, I really like, um, Bucky. Um, yeah, I just, I, like, the heroes themselves. Now, don't you see, don't you see the pattern here? The Punisher, the Punisher. it's, It's just you liking to be, uh, contrary. No, those are the characters I really like. I actually feel sorry well, I for think Loki. You're, I think you're supposed to like uh, you're supposed to like the Punisher, and you are supposed to have a little bit of empathy for Loki in, in the four. They did. They did. Oh, they had. A, they did a great job. They did a great job with that. Nobody likes a straw villain. That's a straw true. villain is just like I'm going to stand here and say mean stuff and do mean stuff because the 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 script says that I should be a mean guy. It's always so much better when you have a little bit of understanding. Oh, I know why. I think I know why Loki's doing this stuff. He has these huge uh, daddy issues and abandonment issues, yeah. and so I mean, he makes yeah. up for it by being a narcissist. It's great. Yeah, I know, but I can all. I I, I mean, like I'm really close to forgiving him for it, which is probably wrong. So who would – okay, you have to bang one of them. You have to bang one of them. Is it Thor or is it Loki? Probably Loki. There you go. I, you know, I've got that thing. I think I could fix them. Okay. You have to bang <laughs> one. You have to bang one. Captain America or the Winter Soldier? Probably the Winter Soldier. Oh! Really? Yeah. 
I, I, I mean, you look at those biceps in that one scene holding the helicopter, and you're thinking, yeah, boy. But yeah, that there was, was an Captain emotional. That was yeah, Captain I know, America. I know, I know. And you're thinking that would be the thing, right? That would that would be the choice. Um, no, I feel sorry for Bucky. So it'd be a mercy bang. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> you're rationalizing. You want the element of danger. I That's like dark hair guys That's better too. You, no, no, you chose Loki because he's the bad guy. You chose the Winter Soldier because he's the bad guy, and you want a little bit of danger. Probably so. All right, there you go. My goodness, wow! We this this is how it should start. This is how the <laughs> show should start. Well, we've got to get us to some Michael Topias now, sir. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I'll start. Okay, in the real world, there's some crazy rules and laws that we have to live by. In Michaeltopia, there's a different set of rules and everything makes sense. In Michaeltopia, podcasts start with the most interesting things. <laughs> podcasts don't like, like start with blah, friend. blah, policy, blah, blah. Podcasts start with who would you rather bang, Captain okay. America or Winter Soldier? All right, That's so. how a podcast should start. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll cue that in next time and figure out what uncomfortable question you're going to ask me, and we'll start with that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> gotta, you got to warm up the engine a little bit. A little bit. You just don't go straight at it. Okay. And in Michaeltopia, if you are going to report that 22 million people are going to lose health insurance under the GOP, GOP plan, you have to report why it matters. Yeah, it's just crazy numbers at this. Have they ever said when they when they go three percent of the twenty two to twenty three million will lose their health insurance because they choose not to buy it? <laughs> okay, so twenty, so uh, many many people will not have to buy health insurance. Exactly, and and so they're you know the government or the the media who has this big problem with people deciding they don't need health insurance. And they don't tell you that part. They're just, people are going to die in the streets. 22 million will be without coverage. Well, when you say that 75% of 22 million, so what does that leave you? Four or five million? The real number is four or five million might lose coverage. The other I did people the are joke. saying, I don't want coverage. <laughs> I don't know if we played it in the stand-up clip. Uh, but I don't know who to believe. Because, you know, if you watch Fox News, they're like, hey, you know, Republican governor, what's the new health care like? Oh, it's great. Everybody's got it. And then if you watch MSNBC, what's health care like? 20 million people will die in the first hour. I think well, that was in the clip that we played. Yeah. But think, it's just but they're all they're all using the CBO numbers. And the CBO report said 73 percent of that 22 million will lose coverage because they choose not to buy it. That's and that's a real, and that's a real number. You. Those are facts. You can't argue with facts. Mm-hmm. That's a CBO number. I know you want to say the CBO is wrong, but they're so incompetent. The people on these shows are so incredibly incompetent. You watch them. They're on Fox News from time to time. Like the the people, the the pro-Trump, the pro-conservative, like really? You don't see the big picture? Are you all pretending not to see the big picture? They have to be. They have to be. And we're going to title this. We've never done this before. But we're going to title this episode right now uh, The Loftus Party. We just want to have fun. We don't want to be socialists. That's the title of this episode. We just want to have fun. We don't want to be socialists. Perfect. Um, plus some more stand-up. How about that? 
It was Perfect. a fun episode. It got really good at the end. <laughs> we need we need more of that at the beginning. There you go. It's a work in progress. This whole thing, the the the, the podcast, the website, the YouTube channel, all of it, the, the Facebook page, it's all a work in progress, you guys, and it's getting better. And the reason it's getting better is because I because I'm like a little monkey. I am. And as the numbers go up and as more people pay attention and more people start to participate and comment and we start this really cool dialogue and the community starts to grow, I get excited. And that's like giving the monkey food. Like you guys keep watching and you keep sharing and it's so awesome that little green light goes and boop, this little monkey hits the button. So thanks for giving me my food. You've made me a happy monkey. I'll see you next week. (laughs) 